0: your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? It's
1: really, it's
0: really awful. Do it to it, brother.
1: Welcome to the Lutheran Stuff No Drama No Drama Podcast. I'm Pastor Hoffman and with me is Zach Lesher. Say hello, Zach.
0: Hey, fellow Bush League.
1: So today we're gonna be continuing in our study of 1 John, and you're gonna you're gonna love it because it, well, I wasn't trying to be ironic there. Um, one of the topics we'll be covering is testing the spirits, whereas the other topic we'll be covering is is a favorite one of all of ours, and it's on the topic of love. So if you want to know what love is, stay tuned, and we'll uh, we'll get I to it. To and we will show you. So, as we move on, we're going to start, and we're going to read through chapter 4, which is a, a remarkably short passage, but it's like, it's the Bible, so it's got a lot of stuff in there that's just going to blow your mind. St. John, once again, holds to his the famous uh, saying about him is he's shallow enough to wade in but deep enough to drown in he's going to speak very plainly here and we're gonna we'll definitely it'll be a huge blessing so we'll begin with the readings um uh, chapter four begins beloved do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from god for many false prophets have gone out into the world They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God God abides in him, and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love of God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. Therefore, there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, "I love God," and hates his brother, he's a liar, for he who does not love his brother, whom he has not who he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother.
0: Amen, amen, amen.
1: I, I love this because, first of all, in the day and age that we live in, uh, and I know that this is hardly a new type of age, but it's current to say that when St. John says, don't believe every spirit, but test them to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. Well, you know, it was very true in John's day, and it had just hasn't changed in 2019. There's plenty of people out there saying, I am he, or follow me, I know Jesus, etc., and we have no idea the name of that person they call Jesus that they're preaching.
0: Or um, faith healers
1: and
0: and, uh, megatures, right? That that priests' prosperity and wellness and all these other things, and they're not making a good confession. I mean, John says how we know who, who the Spirit is, right? Right. Anyone who confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is why we have the creeds.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure we have these confessions of faith now we have to roll back a little bit when um we talk about the creeds it's important to say that these things are put together not so that the church can know what we believe but to confess what the church has always believed you know because i've done some a lot of studying on the anti-niocene fathers you know the 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 Christians that were faithful before Arius decided to lose his mind and teach that Jesus wasn't God, etc. And you know what you find? You find the same thing. I mean, their language and the Christian church, thanks be to God for the Nicene councils and whatnot, has given a sense of consistency, but the the anti-Nicene fathers were also very uh, consistent in their confession the words they use vary a little bit but the message is hardly different
0: it's such an amazing document the nicene creed is such an amazing document that you couldn't it is so short but so strong there's no breaking it. and it makes the perfect confession of who god is and what he's done and what he's coming to do
1: absolutely and and, it, and this is really where we're going to get into the false prophets, where we're going to be testing the spirits. To be honest, the creeds do a great job of testing the spirits. When you, when you confess this creed and uh, you, you talk to somebody, you say, well, <laughs> if you're in my church here and you confess the creed, don't be surprised if I'm going to say, well, of course I hold you to that. Like uh, I've I've had um, in my life uh, people that would ask me about, um, you know, well, I was thinking about, you know, my friend. They go to um, a flashy uh, fog machine church on the hill and um, they think that uh, it would be really spiritual for me to get, you know, baptized again. What do you think? And first of all, I need a you know, crickets going, you know, for a few seconds. And then I say, well, I I believe there's one baptism for the remission of sins. Ephesians
0: uh, so four five for everybody out there. <laughs>
1: yes. So and then I say, uh, don't we confess in only one baptism in our creed? And um, they're going, uh, yeah. So you're saying you want to create a spiritual experience by doing something jesus has already done and you're trying to repeat it it's to say the greatest thing has ever been done in the universe to you greater than all the things in the universe and you're going yeah i'm gonna do it again no 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 literally i mean it the greatest thing in the universe (laughs) it's to say it's maxed out i mean you have been given all the grace and then you're going well i think i want more no literally you have all the grace well i I just want some more i don't think you understand so uh um... see,
0: see i see it from another angle though i always see it from adam right so so it's like yeah I, yeah well i know jesus did it but i could do it better right
1: well that's just scary people
0: who, who, who want yeah the second baptism it's almost like a confession well yeah you, you know i kind of believe that jesus uh, did it the first time right mm-hmm. but but if I do it, then I then I know that that I'm in control, <laughs> uh. and that's I mean, looking looking at it, you know, from this angle, we can see, you know, how people can stumble into these errors, you know, and and they stumble into them not because they are not understanding the scriptures, the confessions, the creeds, all of these things, which which point us back to when jesus did it so again it's like adam trying to steal the steal the wheel
1: yeah absolutely uh uh what was it um uh i'm trying to think of who it was um not sisyphus but whoever uh, icarus <laughs> acting <laughs> like a theological icarus i'm gonna take this fire and then i'm gonna go give it those people they told you not to do that i'm gonna take this fire and give it to those people next thing you know he's stapled to the side of a rock with his uh with his liver being being plucked out every hour on the hour so it's to say that you're we're called uh god is saying look i'm giving you everything and you're going yeah i want more that's not how that works what part of everything are you misunderstanding here so that's always our old adam you know in like you say in the garden. Uh, guess what? What? God himself has created you, which is awesome. Breathed his, his ruach, his spirit into you, gave you life, made you a living being, called you his own, uh, gave you the perfect woman and you're in paradise. Isn't that great? And he's like, yeah, but I I want more. (laughs) (laughs) No. I just
0: want to, I just want to try this fruit. I just want to. Oh, the, the lie there, you shall be like God, right? Yep. It, it just goes with every heretical practice still, like second baptisms or, um, you know, the, the body and blood being symbolic. It's just, you know, it's like we want to have control over these things. I think I think grace is the most simple thing to grasp, but at the same time, it's the most impossible thing to grasp if that makes sense
1: well i mean uh looking at it through the eyes of faith grace is it doesn't become smaller or more understandable it becomes more immense and more important because through the eyes of faith you see that i've i've been standing with my nose against a mountain going where's the mountain and uh, then you, you step back and you go, whoa. <laughs> so And uh, so it's um it's definitely through the eyes of faith, which is a constant theme throughout the scriptures. Uh, you see here, uh, and this is why, by the way, this is why testing the spirit is important. Like these kind of groups that try to ease their way into your churches. And right now I got the, I got the, what are they called? The, um... The ones that put Bibles in the hotel rooms, Gideons. Gideons are—they've been trying to get into. They guys want to come and they want to preach from my pulpit. It's not preaching to them; they just want to give a message. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Six of one, half dozen of the other. We don't play that. And <laughs> uh, and so it's just you know, I think they're basically you know, every 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 time I have run-ins with them, I'm not saying they're not Christians. I am saying that they do have some very not Christian beliefs even though they come from different denominations they genu- genuinely kind of stick with the semi-pelagians and the the zwinglians you know and so they're it's just frustrating for lutherans and when you see lutherans involved with them I'm going really really and so <laughs> it's like don't we have enough awesome confessional organizations.
0: <laughs> well, and and we falsely get accused, too. I've heard people say, well, you Lutherans, you're stuck on justification. And you never really move off of that. Darn well, right I I'm, am. Well, that yeah, I'm going to take a swing at that. I, I, I am stuck on justification. And it's not that I don't uh, talk about sanctification and everything else. We Heck, we talk about it on the podcast all the time. But the point, the point is, is if we move off with justification, then I lose sight of sanctification, I lose sight of everything else. Every other doctrine becomes worthless if I lose the doctrine of justification. And as Luther stated, Article 4, justification, is the article in our confessions in which the, in which the church stands or falls. Yeah. So...
1: Yeah, you're totally right. And I think Lionel Richie, uh, I think he says it best. Here it is. Get ready. Lionel Richie, Confessor, 1984. Stuck on you. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't pass it up. <laughs> when you said stuck on justification. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. For these those of you listening to this podcast... I'm sorry, I'm just going to admit something right now. In my head are a hundred million songs and everything everybody always says to me references a song. Some are appropriate, some are totally inappropriate. For the podcast, I try to keep it appropriate. The worst thing you'll get is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, but Zach makes a really important point about... Uh, Article 4, justification being the article by which the church stands and falls because it's not just because it's in the confessions, because the confessions do not stand alone. They stand on the shoulders of Holy Scripture, and we're going to see here, we are going to see here that John says as much that if it isn't from God, then it isn't even love. So uh, he's going to say, well, Look, we, we,
0: we got to warn everybody. These are going to be pills. So John is going to give something that would just trigger everybody in this day and age uh, next. So I agree. imagine speaking this way to your neighbor, right? How many people talk this way to their neighbor?
1: Well, it's not easy. And uh, but nothing worthy, worthwhile is. So um, as we as we look here, and we're talking again about testing the spirits. Literally, what they're saying is because for those of you who are maybe new friends or something, you have to understand that we hold to the scriptural premise that faith uh, is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And I by my I believe by my own reason or strength that I cannot believe in my Lord Jesus Christ or come to him. But the Holy Spirit calls me by the gospel, enlightens me with his gifts, sanctifies and keeps me in the true faith. And um, so when we that's from our catechism. And uh, so when we talk about testing the spirits, well, we're going to say what faith is being what is being proclaimed here? Does it jive with Scripture? If not, it is not the Spirit of God, even if it sounds amazing. It is not, I mean, eating of the fruit, the forbidden fruit sounded amazing, but it was in direct contradiction to the Word of God. So, believe it or not, you know, Eve is saying, well, Now that I think about it, the fruit was good to behold and is good for eating. is pleasing to the eye and good for eating. And, um, and I'm just in, you know, if you had a Bible, it had like one page at this point, And there's going, nope, nope, pretty sure. That's, <laughs> that's, that's contradictory to the page of God. <laughs> so It's, uh, it's uh, already in the beginning, we see the word of God being forsaken and it leading to destruction and God, and we'll get into this as soon as we're done ranting on the test of spirits, but God out of love intercedes for them, points them to Jesus, and says that He that they are going to find salvation through this woman um who who betrayed God, betrayed her husband, and who her husband betrayed God and betrayed his wife and God comes in and says but you know what I'm gonna redeem these people get out of paradise but I'm gonna send you salvation so we have to be we have to be really clear about when we say testing the spirits uh even if you say something that sounds smart like Jesus is only spiritually present in the Lord's Supper because that sounds it sounds christian but when we read the Bible, it doesn't sound Jesusy. <laughs> so you have to, you have to, um, you test those spirits, and you say, well, it does sound good. By the way, I have to tell you, there was a time when I heard that, and I thought, you know what? That's probably the right answer. And every every faithful Lutheran looked at me and said, hold on. Then they slapped me, and then they hugged me and said, no, you're wrong. Uh, we're going to talk to you about what what is means (laughs) so
0: thank god for for the brethren right
1: Yep. by the time i got to seminary i'm like nope i had enough hand-shaped scars on my face to go nope (laughs) (laughs) i'm totally on board (laughs) so um and
0: and, and another another thing that people will see is is if you see maybe someone always quoting a bible verse right yeah, it it has the appearance of godliness. It has the appearance of Christian, but as time goes on, you notice they never say anything about Christ crucified and raised for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, right?
1: I call that muted so Jesus. There,
0: yeah, there's a red flag with the with the um, you know if they're not talking about Jesus, and this is explicitly explicitly what John's saying in the text, right? Any spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ is on, right yeah. is not from God. So we we have to to just just for anyone listening, keep keep your discerning eyes and ears attentive to what is being said. Is it being said about repentance and the forgiveness of the sins, one and through Christ's death and resurrection? Or is it just like I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or yeah. you know, love each other or I you know just stuff like things- that randomly.
1: I can do all things through a Bible passage taken out of context. (laughs) You know, because really, if if you're not in context talking about faith in quoting that, uh, you'll notice you're going to fall flat on your face if you jump off a building saying, I can do all
0: things.
1: Splat. No. Yeah,
0: it, mean, it means they totally ignored Paul's words right before he said that.
1: Yeah, totally. So, by the way, and it's a joke in my Bible study that we have, you know, here Sundays at 9.15 in the morning. Um, we always say that Lutheran Lutheran uh, t-shirts, you know how we, you'll see little pithy signs on there. A Lutheran t-shirt is like fully, it's like in an eight point font and it covers the front part of your chest and it goes to the back. To say it, because like our Lutheran T-shirts are in context. <laughs> <laughs> our bumper stickers are the size of a surfboard. <laughs>
0: Except... You know, what? I I do have some some great Lutheran shirts that I picked up from Brothers at John the Steadfast Conference, and I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of writing on there. <laughs> well... It goes on and on, man. So, yeah, that's we don't do theology in three words, so
1: definitely oh and by the way um if you uh if you're interested in having your own lutheran stuff no drama bumper sticker you can go to nodramalutherans.com i mean sorry dot uh, org and you can order one and if we uh if we take your question on the air we're going to send you one of those so and soon we'll have the ability for you to call in and this is going to be live stream so Um, if you, uh, if you're interested in that, go and support, uh, Bush League Lutheranism. Uh, so moving on here. Um, when we say, uh, little children, by the way, he's speaking to him pedagogically. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm guiding you here. Remember you are from God and have overcome them, the enemy for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So. You know when we think about how scary the devil is, and he is, don't get me wrong, but it's to say look, it's not like it's not like you have to be in terror of him because you actually have the the victor, the conqueror, the one who has marked you as his own. It makes you kind of a target, don't get me wrong, but um it it doesn't uh, it's good to it's good to have the devil mad at you because he's, he's jealous of the love of God that you have.
0: Yes, and if you're not a target, you might want to begin to wonder why you're not a target. <laughs> well, that's um,
1: actually a good reason. Yeah, it's <laughs> true.
0: Yeah, what, what are you doing wrong? So if you're... The devil has one trick repackaged. It's just to steal Christ from you, over and over. It's like... But... How does he do it? Well, I'll make up a bunch of false religions. People will follow that. I'll make up no religion. Atheist, which I would argue is a religion. Sure. Uh, I'll turn Jesus into something else than the scriptures teach him to be, like, like a mascot Jesus or prosperity gospel Jesus or Marka Jesus, yep. right?
1: Bar, bar, Change bar, him. Bar yeah, that's his
0: only trick. That's all he's got. He's a one-trick hack.
1: Absolutely. And you know what? It It's a good trick. It's been working. You know, it's like in baseball. I like watching baseball. If a pitcher has a sick pitch and he and he keeps throwing it and we keep swinging at it, it's because it's a really good pitch. And um, uh, not every... You know, some people can hit it, but it's still a sick pitch. And um, Jesus is at the plate going, oh, I got this one. And, uh, and so, but when you or I, we try to take on who jesus has already defeated it's like uh it's ridiculous um but they say and it's important to talk about and he says they keep this keep this those who are in the world in mind they are from the world therefore they speak from the world and the world listens to them it's important to not become frustrated or scared or i should say disheartened Because the message of Christ is so despised. And we live in a world that tells you, well, you know, you're one of many religions and, you know, they're all basically the same. So we have to honor them. And and Christians are saying, no, as a matter of fact, uh, you can't ask me to do that because we know that that is supreme idolatry and it's unbelief. And so, even though the world, they make it sound so like, gosh, why are you so uptight, man? How come, you know, hey, I'm totally stoked that you're a Christian. But, you know, you got to make room for these other Baha'i folks or whatever's going on. And they think we're being so, so rude. By the way, when we say, when they say we're being intolerant Christians, you have to be honest, we are we are being intolerant of other gods we are not being intolerant of sinners who need the gospel as a matter of fact we're extremely tolerant of that but we are not tolerant of telling me that this this god is equal to the one true god and um so that that has to be where we're coming from you know i'm still ranting on testing the spirits right now and so uh,
0: well, let me, let, I'll concede our intolerance on one point. If they can see that they are being intolerant to the one true God. Let's <laughs> <Well>, it's <laughs> concede on being intolerant towards their religion. If they can see that they're being intolerant towards God.
1: Absolutely. Even, even, um, and I, as you know, um, I don't do a lot of, uh, I certainly don't podcast a lot of politics. But I was having a conversation with somebody who, um, who was very upset because, in his estimation, the uh, and I'm not going to go into this into great detail today, but I will say that um, the law that was passed in Alabama about abortions, for example, he was saying and he was railing, saying that you know this isn't um, we're not you're supposed to be um uh, a religious liberty and we're supposed to have freedom and this isn't a darn and he used a lot of f words christian country and and i said and i said you're right but i said while you're worried that that christians are being intolerant you're not getting because he says that they should be muted and shut up and everything i said um these people you're calling a fascist because they voted in legal elections and made a legal decision Um, you're trying to to censor them which is actual fascism and so i mean laws are passed in this country or in other countries that i as a christian do not agree with but i don't think that i need to go and blow up the capitol building or something because of it i believe that in in a country of laws you do kind of what Alabama did, or what people have been doing if they wanted to change it. They they talk about it, they openly, they march, they give to organizations that help bring awareness about it. But um, you don't just become fascists. The people in Alabama are not being fascists. They're exercising their conscience. And so uh, I'm not so I'm not going to go on a huge political rant here, but I'm saying that. The Christian voice cannot be silenced in the name of of being equal because you you're not equal by silencing um, in the public square anybody's voice. even when Paul was in the Areopagus, literally he was one of many voices. He just came in with the loudest voice.
0: Yeah, and, and it's it's kind of the fallacy, right? is uh, you're intolerant. But really, by making the statement, they're being intolerant. So
1: yeah, I mean, I'm I'm honest about my intolerance. I I really.
0: Well, am. and that's that's the thing. Politically, if we're going to get into politics, politically, the Christian has a rough place because God says, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay." We're ordered to obey, but that doesn't mean that we obey. It's like Peter's confession uh, at Pentecost. Or maybe it was right after Pentecost when he says we must obey God rather than men. uh, When the Jews tried to silence him about Jesus, right? Right. Uh, Preaching Christ, and they received 40 lashings because, and and that's the Christians' confession. We have to obey God. Abortion's wrong. Can't do it. Fifth commandment. Sorry. You know? um,
1: When they told Jesus to silence your followers, and he was like, (laughs) Are you kidding? If I silence them, the very rocks would confess. <laughs> the stones <that>. will cry <laughs> out.
0: I can make I can make children from from Abraham from these rocks, dude. <laughs>
1: so so it's, it's when when we talk about being in the public square, which is what examples we're using. Uh, I we must in our country say that yeah, in our country we allow for other voices, but we also have to remember that we have a voice too, and unlike those other voices. The voice we have comes with the Holy Spirit. So don't be afraid in that sense. When the world is telling you, this is how everything is, and you go out there and you speak the gospel, the most the most incredible, sweet-sounding thing in the world, and the promise of the Holy Spirit is there, trust me, people, People are changed by the word of God more than any building you could ever blow up or more than any any destruction that you see these crazy people doing out in the streets could ever do. Rather, you gotta be like the apostles and the answer is always the word of God. And, and, um, And so that's, you know, these things were written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, you know? So don't be... Don't be trying to become like the enemy or like the world in order to pretend that you're preaching Christ because you're not.
0: Well, with that, that segues perfect into uh, into verse 6. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth. And the spirit of error. So, whoever listens to our message of uh, Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins and the the call to repentance and to believe the gospel, is is uh is one with us with Pastor Hoffman, I, and the whole Catholic Small C Church. Um, and and uh, it's because of this this listening. And notice the listening, again, comes with the Spirit. Notice how John says, and by this we know that we have the Spirit of Truth. So, what is John saying? Well, by this we know we have faith. the Faith is the object that the Spirit is working within us. We go from unbelief to belief, and that belief is the gift. You know, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 it's very clear that this faith is the gift of God, which the Holy Spirit has worked in us. And this is what John is testifying to. We know we have the spirit of truth. If what? If we listen to God's word.
1: I agree. So for all of you out there in uh, Lutheran land and that are listening to this, I hope, I hope you're seeing what we're saying here because uh when we're we're pointing you always uh from the bush league to jesus and that's how you test the spirit of the no drama lutherans is who are we pointing you to are we pointing you to the cross to the crucifixion and resurrection are we pointing you to the holy spirit who works faith are we pointing you to the one god father almighty or are we pointing you to the buddha jesus or the therapy jesus or the boyfriend jesus you know be be aware and you and test the, the the bush league spirits as well as all the other podcast spirits out there if you're not being pointed towards the cross of christ in word and sacrament you are being led astray
0: and and also with that i want to add that the cross doesn't feel good we bear the same, not the same, but we bear our cross with Christ. Christ says, anyone who wants to be my disciple must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me daily. There's a lot of confusion on what what, what people think that means. But we, when we share, when we, when we endure our sufferings, we share with Christ in his suffering. Right. That's what he's saying. So if we want to be like him... And we're in him that we, we share in, in the suffering of this life as he did.
1: Yeah, we're, and you got to remember so that we don't turn this into giving up chocolate for Lent as carrying your cross. When Jesus said that, literally, there was a cross to be carried. Um, there was punishment unto death uh, for confessing Christ. And so we got to keep that in mind that this isn't some, uh, personal spiritual journey. This means going all the way to the wall. And, um, and so you want to keep that in mind, meaning, you know, uh, if you're persecuted for your faith, don't be surprised. Um, that's, that's just, that's just the way it is. And don't, you're not especially, you know, you don't, come out as a victim on it you just you know yep this is true this is true this is how it is and um again there's a there's a real uh testing the spirits too is a lot of times how people react to um being tested i mean sometimes you're like peter and you're like hey aren't you the one that was with jesus he's like no (laughs) he confessed that though he was absolved of that but um you know there's there's a there's a there's a sense that you know you have to be a, a really aware of of this kind of stuff. Now well
0: uh, you know pe- people wonder that or or they say things it's working 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 I can't seem to get anywhere. Why god you know that like, this why god well you're under a curse. That's why. Remember back in Genesis 3 when when mankind did that bad stuff and you're gonna labor by the sweat of your brow, you know, six days. That's why you're really not getting anywhere, because, you know, it's we're we're under this this curse that Adam has brought on all of humanity. But the good news is, what well, we we're, we're continuing to bring the message of the the real Adam, the second Adam, the Godman Adam, Jesus Christ, who has died to redeem us from this curse. Not now but not now
1: yeah now but not yet for sure and um, so as we move in uh, um, on to the next section that I know what I mean.
0: all
1: right then we'll tell you so in the next section we find another extremely misunderstood passage and uh, uh, for those of you I'm pretty sure it was Lutheran for the Lutheran. Um, Uh, zach has done a thing on this and and i encourage you to look at that but when we start to see uh god is love we're going to see here when we say beloved let us love one another for love is from god and whoever loves has been born of god and knows god this is not a complete thought here because at this point this is why we read things in context because people will say, well, they'll read this and go, you're right. I should love. And um, then they don't know what love means. Thanks be to God, St. <laughs> John is going to clear this up for us. So, anyone who does not love does not know God. He's he's laying out the ground rules here. Because God, here we go, is love. And now we're going, what? in this, In this, the love of God has been made manifest among us. Okay, so... We're still hearing this love word, and it has nothing to do with the hippies. Um, That God sent his only son, now here we're starting to look at it, sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son, says it again, to be the propitiation, the payment to an angry debtor, which is what propitiation means, for our sins. So now we start to see, well, how does God determine love? Beloved, if, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. So we start to see how does God show us love? Well, it's it's sacrificial. It is um, only, it's a unique, to say his only son And this is who is being sacrificed uh, for the purpose that we might live through him, not just live, but we might live through his son. And in this, in this event of God sending his son into the world in this, that's the um, uh, that's that's what the antecedent for this in this is love not that we have loved god keep in mind we're not sacrificing to make him do stuff but that he loved us and sent his son so it's a really good thing to start defining what love is otherwise love just becomes anything you want it to be
0: i think you summed it up in the whole world word sacrificial yeah love is sacrificial so as 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 you christian as you progress in life as you get married you're making a sacrifice you know those who say well it's not the right one for me this person's not the right one for me or i'm just waiting for the right one yada yada it's usually a selfish motive as in i can do better cuz i'm better right I, I, not always but a majority of the time this is narcissistic human uh understanding right it's always about me and my feelings right as opposed to
1: self-love
0: yeah right so when you get married you are making a sacrifice okay the two become one flesh and it's not easy as a fallen humanity then when you have children you are making a sacrifice when you go to work paul says let the thief no longer steal, but let him do honest labor with his hands, so that he might have something to share. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you go to work, you are are earning money not for you, but for the church, for your family. I mean, there's always a little bit in you. That's the kind of kind of God is is He doesn't demand everything. So you know, you you always got that couple of bucks for you know a coffee and a I don't know a camp bar or something, but
1: <laughs> oh, you know, give me a break.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, and, and the the other thing I want to put in that with, with all the sacrifice that that we do from faith, you know, we're human, and God understands our, our frailty as humans, and He's given us a Sabbath rest in Christ. And He, you know, taking a day off to re is good. Mm-hmm. So. Do that, too. Don't neglect to do that. But when you do that, don't also, if that's the day the church is on, don't neglect to go to church.
1: No, because the Sabbath rest through Christ is found in word and sacrament.
0: Right. You know, a a lot of people separate them nowadays. So I know that I'll be doing estimates usually Sunday afternoon. So after church... I do that, but uh, I will usually take Saturdays to rest.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And it, it, it's good. See, this is what, this is, John is actually writing against Gnostics. So Gnostics separate the physical from the spiritual. But here, Pastor Hoffman and I are confessing, no, the physical needs rest. And, and also the spiritual I mean, if you're nerds like us, and you're just constantly pounding the scriptures, you, you need a day off from from that, too. Watch a little TV. It's not unhealthy if you're only nerding out on the Word of God all the time.
1: I recommend um, Star Trek.
0: Yes, and and it's, it's that physical and spiritual. The spiritual rest does come through the Word of God, but like I said, if you kill it like us, which most people probably don't, so I'm wasting my breath, but... I, th- I find it beneficial to take a break or do anything 24-7.
1: Well, even spending time, spending time with your family is a time to not just be studying the scriptures, but um, actually living as somebody who has studied the scriptures. Because it wouldn't be a good father to neglect your family to read the Bible. I know. I, I know that sounds weird, but... The truth of the matter is, is you're a bad father if all you did was neglect your family to say, I've got to be studying the scriptures. Well, have you come to the uh, husband's love your wife as Christ loved the church part? So, um, you know, there's I I'm so
0: glad that you brought that up because that's exactly what I was trying to say, but you just said it so much better. So, like, last Monday, Allie had a baseball game. And I wanted to study scripture because I had gotten all my stuff done, right? Mm. Or, or maybe not scripture, but maybe, you know, dogmas and theological lectures, whatever whatever I was doing that day. But, like you're saying, it would have been simple for me to neglect my daughter, you know, in this little bit of time, to actually go to the scriptures when it's not my primary vocation. I don't have an essay I need to turn in tomorrow, right? Um as opposed to watching my daughter's game and just doing less scripture time that day well so
1: that that's totally that's that's just it's healthy to understand that so um and so when we start looking at love by uh when we say that uh, when we say god is love and whoever abides in love abides in god well um, this is the time when you can make them synonymous. We don't. We say God is love, but we don't say love alone is God. We can only say love is God when we're saying it's synonymous to the same God who is love. So you don't just say, love is my God. Well, I would say, well, my God is love. Um, they're not the same thing. So that's not putting him primary. But in this case, John actually throws out the word synonymously because saying if you abide in love and in parentheses you can say in your head which God is (laughs) then you abide in him and so his love is perfected in us by abiding in him so it's to say that uh, a person who has faith and trusts in God he's with that he's with you and um it's uh it's an important difference to say that well can't we just love everybody and 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 how come how come that's not good enough well because if you're not defining love according to um how god defines it well then you're just going off on your own it's like saying uh well i define um uh I define uh, oh, helping somebody by taking a baseball bat and slamming on him several times. Well, <laughs> and, and, yeah, and you're like, I'm helping him. Well, you've redefined it. <laughs> That's not helpful.
0: Well, and, and you know what? Just because, and, and I think this is important to add because of culture, just because maybe we don't agree on an issue doesn't mean that we don't love each other. You know? Uh, a lot of people take well agree with me or you don't love me uh unless it's a biblical dogmatic that you have to agree upon you know, if we're talking about civil sense or what kind of food you like or whatever you know everybody has different different personalities, and nobody has to agree on these things. You have Christian freedom in these areas and and the, you know you see in culture they agree with me or else right you don't like me, you don't love me. It could be further from the truth. There's a there's there's people that our personalities just clash, probably because I, I talk a lot and I look funny. Um, <laughs> uh, but it doesn't mean that I don't love that person that I'm clashing with, right? So if, if they ever needed anything, I would be there for that thing, but it's probably best if we just keep our distance and say hello.
1: Certainly, and by the civil. way not being buddy buddy with somebody isn't an absence of love um the, the love is present in the word of god in the sharing of god and in the peace of god so just because you guys aren't buddies doesn't mean you can't love them that's that's absolutely true that actually um that actually corresponds to a question from the group um if you're uh, if you're thinking if you want to uh transfer over there because um you,
0: you you let me know do do we want to keep going to the end of this or do we do we kill it with fire
1: i think we've killed it with fire but um you know because it, it throughout the whole thing you know loving your brother by the way you're saying well do i get to find love no loving your brother is also sacrificial love that's the one where oh
0: well uh, one more point here the um I think maybe we should touch on this real quick and then segue in is uh, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Just yeah. for clarification for everybody.
1: Well, certainly. Um, I mean, not to not to contradict the we should fear and love God. Um, that's a, that's more of a that's not the same thing. Uh, that's to talk about respect and honor. that Yeah. Kind
0: of yeah. Thing. Yeah. John- i was total wrote revelation and was taken up before god he fell on his face in right. fear so yeah that's the kind of fear we're talking about when we
1: say that so um i would say that uh elise has uh elise has a really uh we could make it difficult but i choose not to um but she has a two-part question that i believe uh unless I'm really missing something, is really easy to answer. Uh, although I do know plenty of theologians who, just why we can't have nice things, um, will we'll go overboard on this. But um, I'll explain in my words the way that I've understood it. So anyway, I'll stop talking and I'll tell you what she wrote. Elise wrote, subjective and objective justification. Uh, and how does this play in the overall Lutheran theology? how or uh, how if or does pertain to the sacraments and um, we'll get to her, her second question by the way subjective now the word subjective has to be taken understood to be that for example objective justification talks about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ meaning who did God so love the world And so this is an objective statement. He didn't die just for white people, just for Asian people, just for Jewish people. He died for the whole world. Subjective justification, for example, is when I am the subject of this justification. Like in baptism, in hearing the word of God and receiving the Holy Spirit, becoming a Christian, it doesn't mean subjective like justification could mean anything. No. It's when I'm the subject of it, meaning I can't be baptized for Zach. I am baptized for me, for my good and my salvation, not justification is subjective. No, no, no. I have to be the subject of it. So that's kind of what that is. And how does it play? I,
0: th- I think we should take a, a second and define objective and subjective so people understand. So objective is straight fact. Think... Uh, the, there's grass on the, on the lawn. Fact. Jesus died and rose again. Fact. Um, yeah. you know,
1: it doesn't matter who you are. Men have a, it's a true. different
0: body part than women. Fact, right? These yeah. are all objective. Yeah. Subjective is uh, Pastor Hoffman looks at the sky and it's blue. I look at the sky and I say, eh, it's turquoise.
1: Well, that's... It's, no, 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 no. That's subjective... Uh, in, a, in another sense, meaning that it's a different opinion.
0: Right, right. But I,
1: So we have. London,
0: I really hate. Yeah, so you, you know how it could get. Like, when, when we get back to objective justification, and subjective justification and how they correlate, it doesn't really have to do with the way that the terms objective and subjective are usually defined.
1: Yeah, objective just means it's true no matter what. It's true, Um, John 3.16 is true in terms of anybody, the whole world, this is who Jesus died for. Subjective means I, as the subject, believe this by the Holy Spirit. Right, so when
0: we're we're talking about subjective justification, it's uh, subjected to how it's applied to me. Yeah. Objective in the fact that it happened for everybody, but subjective in how it applies to me. And like Pastor Hoffman said, he can't be baptized for me. I can't take the sacrament for him. That's why we say in the creed, I believe and not we believe.
1: Well, that's actually, originally the creed did say we believe. (laughs) It was Pescuamain. But but
0: we've gotten better throughout time, and it is actually one of the catechism questions. Uh, One of our confirmation questions, I should say for our catechumens, is why do we say I and not we? And it's because my faith can't save another.
1: Right. Um, the the creed there originally was meant to be a corporate confession. It still is. And by the way, if you say I in a corporate setting, it still is corporate. But um, when you say we believe, interesting, the Catholic Church only changed that recently. We changed it a long time ago. But um, uh, the... Um, but in the in the creed, it doesn't matter if thirty of us say I believe, or or fifty of us say we believe. It doesn't matter because what we're saying is, this is in this place. This is what is confessed. And um, if you come to my church and ask me to not confess the resurrection, I'm going to push you right out the door. So because that is not the confession of this church, I I will actually call you to repent. I won't push you out the door. I will call you to repent because that is not the confession of, you know, by the way, as a church, we have to understand we're not a church body. We are a confession of faith. And so when people want to, let's say, be to say they want to be Lutheran, but they don't want to believe in the sacraments, we would say, no, that's not Lutheran. What do you mean? I'm a member of this church. Yes, but you have exited what we ultimately are is a confession of faith. So you can be a member all day long and have your paperwork in order, but if you don't confess the resurrection, you are not a Lutheran. <laughs> I don't but care I'll what your totally papers say. You.
0: I will totally back you on this. You might have your papers, but I'm going to make sure that uh, lest you repent, those papers are going to get a different stamp to yeah. Uh, unknown status.
1: Uh, I may treat so, him like Luther treated the papal bull. <laughs> and,
0: well, and I think, I think this ties in good with John. We're not saying these things because we're meanies, even though we are meanies. I'm
1: kind of a meanie. Uh,
0: yeah, well, I said even though we are, right? Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're saying these things because we love our neighbor, and it's not right for our neighbor to say, the sacrament's a symbol, or You know, God's Word does part of the work, and then I do the other part. That's semi-Pelagian. It's not loving to let you believe a lie and be deluded.
1: Absolutely. So
0: getting back to objective and subjective, though, I think I I really hate the term subjective justification just because the fact that I've been baptized, right? So this would be coined as subjective justification in in the means that I'm the subject of the justification. But objectively, this happened. So it's not wrong to say I'm objectively baptized, but that's not the terminology used with in terms of talk of objective and subjective.
1: I'll, I'll tell you the truth, Zach. This is not language that I tend to permeate anyway in my congregation. I, because you've, you've pointed it out on enough occasions, even today, it's kind of sticky, and it's not wrong. It's just, it's just, um, it's just sticky, and I think it's prone to misinterpretation. So if I'm sitting down and talking to a bunch of LCMS pastors, they're gonna go, "Yeah, I get it. I know what you're talking about." You know, we might have that conversation, but we're sure as heck not gonna gonna put it in our Sunday school lesson or something like that. It's just going, yeah, it's. We have to acknowledge that it's out there, you know, like um, Star Wars Episode One. We have to acknowledge that it's out there, but um, we don't. We don't really have to uh, go and watch it every weekend. <laughs> so I'm just. I'm just saying that it's out there. It's not hard for me to understand what it is, but um, but it's hard to it's hard to say it as straightforward as. Jesus Christ died and rose for you. You know, if you, I mean, it's just it's Well, maybe well, I'm maybe just, we can just,
0: just bush league it then. What if we just? B-
1: I, bush think bush it and league, say, I think, yeah, I think it's a bush league.
0: Yeah, this is what we're saying, and this is what we mean: is Jesus died for all, and this is how it's applied to you.
1: Yeah, and,
0: right? and that, that we'll totally bush league the term.
1: We've bush league it, and don't expect us to to make this part of our regular weekly thing. I mean, we know what to do with it, but you know, it's just it's it's Star Wars Episode One, okay? Um, and and it's it's Ewoks, all right? So it, it, okay, it's there. We admit it, and um, and we're moving on because Elise also um, asks, and I think this is going to get back to what we talked about um, in the John. This is why I was intrigued by her question. How would you explain how Christ died for those who still go to hell? Um, The because this gets back to um, the sin against the Holy Spirit. Um, Jesus did not die for just some people. He did not die for just the people that he uh, knew would be saved. For example, and um, he died. He sent his son. He loved the whole world. And um, at the end of at the end of life, you die as somebody who is a believer or an unbeliever, a sinner regardless, but a believer or an unbeliever. You died in unbelief, the sin against the Holy Spirit. That's the difference. Not, um, oh, well, I mean, I, I know this is an overused term, but did he die for Hitler? Yes. Um, and is is Hitler in heaven? Well, we'll find out in the resurrection. <laughs> <Hitler> <laughs> I'm saying from here, not looking wow. good. So, I'm yeah. from here, it's not looking good, but I'm a sinner who says things that, you know, I speak of what I do not know. But um, I'm saying that anybody, anybody who has ever lived, Jesus died for that person. Now... Did they die in faith? Well, we'll find out in the resurrection. I tell my students at the school here and in the church, you know, when you talk about somebody who's baptized, you talk about hope. But I don't want to hear you say, well, that person is probably in hell. Okay, I need you to, I need you to, unless you have some special knowledge of their unbelief, stay clear of it. Um, I'm not saying you give everybody a, a huge Christian funeral, because I know of people that said, hey, we'd like to have a, a funeral in the church, and I'd say, well, I'll tell you something, um, your person who died wouldn't want one, he was a he was an unbeliever, and multiple, mul- you know, I'm just, this isn't a church, and this is a place where we, we have a, a, a funeral, and we have funerals for Christians, I don't do Buddhist funerals either, in case anybody's trying to ask, Um, It's just to say, you know, but if people, if people want to talk about who did Jesus die for, we can say he loved the whole world. And so did they, did they die in faith? Yes or no. And if the answer is no, well, they're, they're in hell. So,
0: well, and we, we touched on this last week when we talked about, so when we're talking about somebody like Hitler, the danger there is the sins that he committed persistently against conscience. Yeah. And what that does is it dulls conscience, then he's his conscience becomes seared, and then we go to Romans 1, where God gives over to a strong delusion. It's not that God can't bring back from the delusion, but the, the danger here is the unpenitent, unfruitful life you know, that we as Christians see in others. And, and and it's not like we want to go around and just fruit check our average <laughs> brothers, right? If we're going to fruit check, let it be the fruit of the sacrament. But when we're dealing with the world, we do need to look at their fruit. We need to, we, and it's like we just said, this segues back into the beginning of John 4. We want to test the spirits. What was Hitler's confession?
1: Because
0: yeah. I don't remember any good confession. So, Can I say, unequivocally, without a doubt, he's in hell. I can't make that claim. But if I was a betting man, where would I wager my gummy bears? (laughs) Well, I'll leave that up to the audience to decide, based on the facts of what we just talked about and the dangers of sitting against conscience, unrepentant sin, um, confession... All of these things, you know, like, like Jesus says, and this freaks so many people out, right? Because they're like, oh, my goodness, I need to get busy working. He says, uh, uh, in me you will bear much fruit, right? And, mm-hmm. and people take that as I better get busy working. But I'm going to go back to stay on justification. Because if you stay there, you're going to do good works already. If we just stay on justification, which some people say, oh, Lutherans stay on justification. Yes, because that's where I bear all the fruit. That's where all the good faith stuff comes from. That's where the grace, the repentance, everything flows from that justification. So I'm staying on it.
1: Yeah, if you you stand Um, on justification, by the way, then you're free to love your neighbor without fear or worry. So um, you know, because if your if your foundation is the justification by Jesus Christ, well, you're free. You are totally free. Go love your neighbor, man. But if you're if you're um if you're standing on the the love of neighbor, well, then guess what? You're not free. You're a slave because you're always asking yourself, Did I love my neighbor enough? Did I love my neighbor enough? No. You are justified, and the cornerstone is Jesus, so now you're free to love your neighbor instead of wondering, did I love my neighbor enough?
0: And you get back into that fruit checking. It's that continuous yep. circle of, of uh, that, that's what it is, the circle of, uh. Um, <laughs> so stay on justification, and, um, you know, when we, when we talk about these things, when we talk about others' faith, There's measures we look at, like Pastor Hoffman says, the only thing that condemns is unbelief. Because Jesus promises, and God cannot lie, that he's going to save me. So, if I cling to that promise, and that's what faith does, and this is what the Spirit is working in me, is faith to believe these words, so it's not like I'm doing it from my will, but the Spirit is willing me to do it. You know, if I cling to those words, then I will will see in the good part. Because don't forget, there's a bad part for those going to the bad place.
1: Yeah. Well, I well, just...
0: bad for them. It, nothing, nothing's bad. I mean, God, God did not create hell as as something bad. It's actually good because that's where He does righteous judgment against those who. Have rejected his gift of grace, which he's already paid for. It's like, it's like Pastor Hoffman taking me out to lunch, buying my food, setting it before me, and I, I slide the tray back and say, "I'm starving, man." Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I don't eat it. I, I I don't understand. But we also confess here. I think it's important to say that we confess. It's a paradox. Yeah. And Lutherans don't overthink this. So why? I don't know. I'll tell you that on the other side of the resurrection, but yeah. uh, Lutherans can't answer a paradox. Scripture speaks both ways.
1: No, Lutherans love a good paradox, but we don't. Uh, we shouldn't. We shouldn't waste our time and other people's time just worrying about it. You know, it's time to. It's time to say, you know what? We're grasping this by faith, and it's a part of our life as we, as we come into this. So. Definitely. Well, you know what? I'm going to say Elise has done a wonderful job. I think I think she asked some really excellent questions and what I'm going to do. Elise, if you're listening to this, uh, send us your email and I will be sure to get a Lutheran stuff, no drama, welcome to the Bush League bumper sticker out into to the mail to you. And you know what, Zach? We're coming up on our time here. Uh, I think... Uh, this has been an amazing show, and uh, we are going to be moving on next week. We're going to be jumping into 1 John chapter 5, oh, yeah. the last and final chapter, which this is kind of a fast study we've done, but that's cool. It's like our lightning round, and um, we'll get into that, and I hope hey! that you've uh, learned a lot from it, but enjoying the podcast, so thank you for the next week, and back with you God bless you. Hey!